faith listener. Welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of John. Hello and good morning, faithful listeners. You've tuned in to the Bible Explained podcast on this lovely Thursday morning, where we discuss on Tuesdays and Thursdays the New Testament. So we are in the book of John, and we have moved into a new chapter, and today we're going to be discussing John chapter 18. And this is the chapter where Peter cuts off the ear of the servant. So we're going to discuss that today, along with a few other themes from John chapter 18. So I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 11 today out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible. But of course, as always, feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you usually read out of, whatever that might be, and also your cup of coffee, because morning is never complete without a good cup of coffee, or for you crazy tea drinkers out there, a good cup of tea. All right, let's enjoy reading God's word together. John 18, 1 through 11. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, into which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Judas then, having taken a detachment of soldiers and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that were happening to him, went out and said to them, Who are you looking for? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. He said to them, I am he. Judas also, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When therefore he said to them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Again, therefore, he asked them, Who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way, that the word might be fulfilled which he spoke. Of those whom you have given me, I have lost none. Simon Peter, therefore, having a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus, therefore, said to Peter, Put the sword into its sheath. The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not surely drink it? So to start out, it says that Jesus has basically arrived in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you've been listening to the podcast or just reading the Bible, you'll know that Jesus was on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples, and he had done a prayer for them. He had done a prayer for you and I and for all Christians, and Jesus had also taught his disciples quite a lot about God the Father on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane. So now in John 18, what we read today, Jesus is basically at the garden. But John mentions something kind of interesting here. He says that Jesus had to cross over the brook Kidron in order to get into the Garden of Gethsemane. And depending on what version you read, it might say Brook Cedron, or it could say Brook Kidron. But either way, those are the same, the same brook. But it's really important, actually, that John mentions this brook by name. And at first, when I read this, I glossed right over this until I started reading some commentaries on why this brook was so significant. And there are three reasons why this brook was mentioned by John and why it is extremely significant and how Jesus passing over it to get to where his betrayer would soon encounter him was very significant. This brook had some symbolism with it. So the first reason, years prior to this, like at the time of King Saul, just before David took the throne, 
Saul was actually pursuing David because Saul knew that David would soon be the next king. And the spirit had actually left Saul. And so Saul became extremely jealous and fearful that David would take the throne from him. So Saul pursued David. And it says in, I think it was 2 Chronicles, that David had to pass over the brook of Cedron or Kidron in order to get away from Saul. And we know that David was the great king of the Old Testament. And Jesus is the great king of the New Testament. So just the symbolism of David fleeing from his betrayer, Saul, and also Jesus uh, passing over this brook to basically be betrayed has a lot of symbolism. So that's the first reason. The second reason is that the brook Kidron was also mentioned in the Old Testament as the place where King Josiah went and dumped all of the idols of Israel. King Josiah was one of the great last kings of Israel. And Josiah made this push to get rid of basically all idols in Israel. And what ended up happening was Josiah and his men ended up throwing all these idols into the brook Kidron. (laughs) So Kidron became known as the place where the idols were dumped, basically. So this is the second reason why this brook has some significance to it. And the third reason is that the brook Kidron was actually where the, uh, the temple would dump the blood of the lambs. And so because of that, the brook Kidron was often super red with blood. Now, of course, this has significance because Jesus is the Passover lamb. And this was during Passover. So the blood of that river would have been super red with all the lambs that they sacrificed at Passover that night, basically. So Jesus passing over the brook of Kidron has a lot of symbolism and significance to it. If you look at all this history that goes along with the Brook Kidron, you know, once again, David, the great king of the Old Testament was betrayed, had to pass over the the Brook Kidron. Jesus, the great king of the New Testament and beyond, is being betrayed by Judas and has to pass over the Brook Kidron. The idols being dumped into the Brook of Kidron. Josiah was cleansing Israel of all that idolatry and all that darkness. And Jesus was about to do the same thing for you and I. And lastly, all that Passover lamb's blood being in that water and still the water being very red from that, Jesus would have been able to see that as well. And Jesus was the Passover lamb. This was almost like the last thing that Jesus had to pass over in order to get into the Garden of Gethsemane where he was about to be betrayed. So this little river or rather this little brook that John mentions has quite a lot of significance that I think a lot of people would just pass over when reading this, just as I used to do when I would read the book of John years ago. I passed right over that. I didn't even realize that the brook Kidron was a real place. So anyway, Jesus passes over this brook Kidron where there was a garden into which he and his disciples entered. And so Judas, it says, who betrayed him also knew the place for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So likely whenever Jesus was near Jerusalem, he probably visited this garden of Gethsemane. And I believe Jesus did this purposefully. This was the place that Judas knew to go. And so Jesus often went there with his disciples, likely to let Judas know where Jesus was going to be in the very end. Because you can see here, Jesus purposefully goes to the garden of Gethsemane. This was purposeful. 
This was because Judas was going to soon be there with this detachment of soldiers and officers. Now, this detachment would have been a whole lot of soldiers and a whole lot of officers. A couple hundred soldiers, I would guess. And, and look what John says about them, which is kind of funny. John is a little bit snarky here in a sense. He says, they came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. <laughs> and I mean, it's not really a laughing matter, but it is when you think about like how peaceful Jesus was and how public Jesus was and how he wasn't going to hide. And like John is almost like showing how much idiocy Judas had. To think that, you know, after three years of, of walking with Jesus, that Jesus was going to go hide himself, especially when Jesus was like, Judas, go do what you got to do. You know, and, and John is just showing like how stupid this thought process of Judas really was. That He needed a detachment of all these soldiers that came with lanterns, torches and weapons. So Jesus, therefore, knowing all the things that were happening to him, went out and said to them, who are you looking for? So notice that John does not mention Jesus's agony in the garden. And we know that there was some time that passed before uh, Judas came to the garden. Like Jesus was probably there for a couple hours praying and pleading with God the Father. And John doesn't mention any of this, possibly because John was one of the disciples that was asleep. That could be it. Also, it could be that because the other Gospels had mentioned Jesus's agony in the garden so much, John didn't think that he needed to touch on that or thought that the other Gospels did it quite well or something. But one way or the other, John doesn't mention it. And in fact, John doesn't mention a lot of stuff that the other Gospels mention. And he also mentions a lot of stories that the Gospels don't. So that makes me think that John, because he was there with Jesus a lot, he just had a different perspective on things and chose to write about his perspective and the things that Jesus did that the other gospels just didn't touch on. Anyway, Jesus uh, comes out and meets all these soldiers and he says, who are you looking for? <laughs> and other gospels actually mention that Jesus is like, what? Why are you out here with like all these soldiers and all these weapons? Am I a robber? Am I a terrorist that you have to come out against me? And Jesus even says to all of them, he's like, I was there every single day the past week teaching in the temple. And yet you didn't, uh, you didn't arrest me then. Why? So Jesus kind of calls out some of that lunacy in one of the other gospels. But this is another thing that John mentions that the other gospels do not. Jesus says, who are you looking for? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. We do know that Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, okay? So this was probably after Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. And Jesus says, who are you looking for? And Jesus says to them, I am he. And so Judas, along with all of these soldiers, fall to the ground when they hear Jesus say, I am he. And this is a very typical response you can see in scripture. When somebody encounters God's glory, they fall like dead to the ground because they are so terrified and recognize how small they are compared to God. So Jesus reveals some of God's glory and Judas and all these, uh, these soldiers fall to the ground when they hear Jesus say, I am he. And so they get up, it seems like, 
and are probably stunned about what just happened. And Jesus once again asks them, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. So you can almost see like the confusion that's going on here with the soldiers. They didn't immediately arrest Jesus. They answered Jesus's question twice. I mean, this is uh, this is not the typical Roman soldier that you think of, right? Like when you think of Roman history and Roman soldiers, you think of very tough men who didn't care about Jews, didn't like Jews, and were totally fine just being uh, aggressive towards Jews. And yet these Roman soldiers are like confused and answer Jesus twice instead of just going and binding him up immediately. And so Jesus says, I told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. And he points to his disciples, basically. And so he wanted his disciples to get out of there. And this is very clear also in the other gospels where Jesus basically told his disciples to go before Judas came along. There's, uh, I think it was Luke, actually. I, I might be wrong about that. I didn't look this up. But I think in Luke, Jesus tells his disciples right before Judas comes, let's go. And it wasn't because Jesus wanted to get out of there and wanted to go. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone to the garden to begin with. He wanted his disciples to go. He wanted his disciples to be safe. And there's a very specific reason for that. That the word might be fulfilled, which he spoke of those whom you have given me. I have lost none. So it's very possible that if Jesus didn't display some of his glory here that John mentions, that the Roman soldiers might have, you know, taken the disciples and possibly executed them as well. So Jesus purposefully showed his glory here. And he ended up being the only one that was arrested out of the disciples that were there with Jesus. So this right here just shows how much Jesus was in control of this situation. Like he literally could have called down angels to strike all those Roman soldiers dead, to strike Judas dead and anybody else that wanted, wanted to betray Jesus. He could have absolutely done that, but he did not. He did not. He did show some of his glory. And he did that to show that he was completely in control of this situation. So whenever anything like seems super out of control in your life, like, or just around the world or whatever you're struggling with, with right now, currently, and you're just like, I've got nothing in my control. Everything seems so out of control. Well, that's not the truth. God has literally everything in control. And I mean, even Jesus here, he was about to go to the cross. I can imagine his disciples probably thought Jesus was not in control of the situation, but yet Jesus absolutely was in control of the situation from the very beginning. He went to the cross for a reason. He went to the cross for you and for me and for all of us sinners. But moving forward here in the story, Jesus says to the, the Roman soldiers and, and the soldiers of the high priest, I told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. And so the disciples disperse. They leave. Except for Simon Peter. And I just absolutely love that John was the one who mentioned Peter's name here. <laughs> All the other disciples and uh, the other gospel writers were like, nah, we're not going to mention Peter's name here. We're just going to say it's it's one of the disciples. And then John's like, nah, it was Peter. <laughs> 
So, yeah. Yep, John, John was the tattletale. So Simon Peter, therefore, having a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So whenever a name is mentioned in scripture, a lot of times it's because that person was part of the church later on. So it could be that Malchus became a Christian. I don't know how you couldn't after Jesus, like revealing his glory to you. In fact, I can imagine some of these soldiers became Jesus followers after this. We know that a handful of of, um, Roman soldiers became Christ followers after Jesus was executed on the cross, particularly the Roman soldier who pierced Jesus in the side and the blood and the water came out. And that soldier was just like, this man was God's son. So there were some Roman soldiers that did, in fact, believe in Jesus. But anyway, Simon Peter targets a servant and ends up cutting off his right ear with the sword. So it was not Peter's best moment here. I think he was cowardly trying to show that he was very brave, if that makes sense, because he targeted a servant, not a Roman soldier. And also, Peter likely did not target him from the front, but from the back. Don't forget that it was very dark outside. And if Peter targeted from the front, that would have not have been a smart move because there were tons of soldiers, trained soldiers there that could have very quickly and easily taken Peter out, probably. But Jesus ends up healing that high priest servant, even though um, it doesn't mention that here in John. But Luke mentioned that. Luke mentioned that Jesus healed the high priest servant. He healed Malchus and reattached that ear. And that was the last miracle Jesus performed uh, before his death was the reattachment of Malchus's ear. But of course, Peter and the disciples run off and abandon Jesus and uh, Jesus is taken away. And we are going to discuss what happens next on Tuesday. So please join in then, especially if you've been enjoying the podcast. I'd love to see you guys every day of the week, actually. I I do a podcast episode from Monday to Friday, every day of the week. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I do an Old Testament episode, which we are in the book of Joshua right now. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a New Testament episode And we are finishing up John very quickly. So tune in Tuesday for the next episode out of John, but also join in tomorrow for an episode out of the Old Testament. We're discussing Joshua chapter six and the fall of Jericho. So I'll see you guys tomorrow, but if not, have a wonderful weekend and I'll see you guys next week. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,